0: SoundPrints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. SoundPrints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushivell. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is SoundPrints for March 31, 2019. The following announcement was posted on ACB Leadership on March 28, 2019 and comes from CordCuttersNews.com. Back in October, Hulu agreed to provide an audio feed for people with visual disabilities to make the streaming service more accessible for viewers with disabilities. The agreement includes Hulu providing a separate audio track that describes the actions and the facial expressions of characters, allowing those with visual impairments to more fully experience what's happening on the screen. The audio description project an Initiative of the American Council of the Blind, has instructions available for accessing the audio descriptions. Just log into your Hulu account from a web browser, click on the gear icon, and pull up the subtitle and audio menu where you'll see an option for turning on audio description. On the audio description project, you'll also find a list of the programming that currently has audio descriptions available from Hulu. As of now, there are four titles – all Hulu originals: They are Around the Way, Fire Fraud, The Act, and The Handmaid's Tale. Check out the Audio Description Project site for updates as this service continues to grow and more titles add audio descriptions. You can find out more about audio description by visiting acb.org/adp. We don't talk much about hearing impairments on sound prints, but this is an important topic. We all know about the myth prevalent among the sighted public that blind people somehow hear miraculously better than people with vision. Since Medicare doesn't cover hearing aids, their cost is also of concern to many blind people with hearing loss. KCB member Daryl Buford visits with us on page two to tell us about his experience with purchasing hearing aids from Costco, not exactly a source that comes readily to mind when one is preparing to purchase hearing aids. With a price tag of about one-third of what is usually charged, it's worth a look, or should we say a listen? Check out page two. On page three, we bring you a portion of a presentation by Dr. Marie McCall, a researcher here in Louisville working on retinitis pigmentosa and gene therapy. Her talk was presented at the March 26th meeting of the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and she is introduced by Mark Webster, first vice president of the club, as well as first vice president of the Kentucky Lions Eye Foundation. Dr. McCall was using a PowerPoint during her presentation, but there is still plenty of information for page 3. Although Dr. McCall shared the research results with the club, she asked that we not include them here on SoundPrints, as they have not yet been published to the medical world. And on page 4 is the SoundPrints calendar. Page 2. On the phone with me is Daryl Buford. Daryl works for Humana and um, does a lot of work from home, right, Daryl?
1: Yeah, I've been uh, working for Humana going on seven years now.
0: Yeah, and, um, and that's, of course, that's not actually part of this conversation, but just by way of a little introduction, uh, Daryl, is also very much involved in the KSB alumni and he's been a member of the Kentucky Council of the Blind for a long time. And at, a, at an alumni reunion last year, Daryl and Adam and I were all sitting at a table and Daryl began telling us about his n- new hearing aids that he was going to be getting uh, right about that time. And we said, oh, where are you getting your hearing aids? And he says, well, um, I've discovered that uh, I could get my hearing aids for a lot less money and get the same product at another location. I was really surprised at where Daryl was getting his hearing aids and hearing about this resource. And so I thought it might be interesting for us to explore that on Soundprints here. So, Daryl, I'm going to let you tell us about um, the, uh, the hearing aids and where you got them and the kinds of services that get offered and so on. It's certainly not a location where I would expect to find hearing aids. So it's open for you to share with us Daryl.
1: Okay, well when I was an alumni I had my hearing aids like for two or three days so I was really getting used to them yeah. Okay, so um, when I started noticing that I had a problem You know, making out people. Well, I didn't have any problem on the phone or when people were talking to me close. Uh, But if a person was whispering to me, uh, you know, like in church or something, or if I was like at the men's group at church and some guys were sitting across from me on a couch and there would be like a coffee table between us, I was making out, you know, every few words. So I knew I needed them. There was no question about that. So I made an appointment to go to, uh, you know, a doctor uh, up here, actually at Norton Commons, I believe, and I went to, uh, you know, the ear, nose, and throat doctors, you know, professionals, and they have audiologists there, and they tested me, and I definitely discovered I had a hearing uh, loss uh, more so in my left ear than my right uh, so uh, I asked him, uh, you know, and I saw the doctor, and he said, that, you know, to me, and then he said, "Well, we're going to, uh, we have audiologists. I mean, we have a hearing aid people at our other office. So I think that was in St. Matthews. So I went over there, and I, I asked him up front, then how much the hearing aids were going to cost. And the people where I went, the doctor said he didn't know, which amazed me. Uh, and then I asked him, did they have hearing aids that had, you know, rechargeable batteries that charged overnight? He didn't know that either. So I was, this is a big practice. This is one of the leading practices in Louisville, I can tell you that. And so I was amazed it they didn't know what they were selling. So I went over to the other hearing, uh, other office in St. Matthews, which was full, you know, kids for allergies and stuff like that. And then. Uh, I went down there, and they had my results from the audiologist, and, uh, you know, she showed me a couple of different hearing aids, but the price uh, on the hearing aids, uh, the two that she showed me, one was
2: $5,800. Per ear?
1: One, no, no, that was total. For two ears, $5, okay. $5,800 for mm-hmm. the set, mm-hmm. or, you know, and the other one was like 6200 okay. So, uh, you know, I was wondering how I'm going to pay for this, you know. Uh, And I said, you know, you guys got a payment plan? No, they don't. (laughs) Uh, And so, uh, you know, I guess you put it on your credit card and you pay on it for a long time. Uh, But my son, who works at Costco, uh, knew they sold hearing aids there. And I was skeptical. I was really skeptical about this, okay. So I called, and I asked him some questions, and uh, the person I talked to uh, had been in private practice for 23 years, and uh, he told me that we're, they're selling the same exact hearing aids at Costco that they were selling in the doctor's office, uh, you know, in the price range. The lowest one was 1600 and the most expensive one was 2500 is that per it's ear? For a sit. No, that's a set. A, a set? Sit. Oh, that's a set. Holy okay. cow! Okay, so when I went to Costco uh, and I had the report from the doctor's office, uh, you know they didn't trust that. They have their own at Costco. They have their own soundproof rooms. Okay, okay. they have their own. Uh, you know, audiologists there that are trained. They do it on a computer. Uh, they're doing the, They do the same exact test that I had in the doctor's office. In fact, they did more, okay? Uh, and so, because they pointed out to me, just amplification alone doesn't help some people. And uh, one of the key tests that they'll give you is the repeating back of, of words rapidly to them. Uh, if you don't get above 90, then, uh, you know, they don't think that hearing is gonna do you much good. Uh, but I I got well above that. So they're they're asking you what you're going to use the hearing aid for, what settings, uh, whether it's for work, whether you go out a lot, uh, because different hearing aids are set up differently. They're all computerized. Uh, They're set by a computer. Uh, They have Bluetooth on them, all of them do, and they're controlled by an app on your smartphone okay okay there are, button, there are buttons on the hearing aids that you can control but it's much easier to do it on the app because you have a whole picture you can control where the microphone is picking up in front of you like if you're at a lecture or uh, whether it's picking up around you all the way you can, you can if you're in a restaurant you there's a restaurant mode there's a crowd mode there's a movie mode. Uh, you know, you can set up the hearing aid where it's connected to your phone, and instead of listening to your phone, the hearing aid will pick up the 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 uh, the telephone. And although you're speaking into the the phone, you're going to be listening through your hearing aids. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that was that was pretty impressive. They sell Costco sells five brands. They're all top of the line. Uh, now, one key point that everyone that everyone agreed on in the doctor's office, my relatives who have hearing aids, and people at Costco, people at the you know at the hearing aid part of the doctor's office, everybody agreed: the most natural hearing aids, where you get the most natural sound. Are the hearing aids that go behind your ears? Hmm. Okay. Uh, The other hearing aid type is the kind that looks like a little tiny tube that goes in your ear, which are miniature. Uh, My mother got those, and uh, she would lose them all the time. They're very small. Uh, Lose them all the time. The the buttons on them are so tiny you can't manipulate them, and the batteries for them are extremely tiny. Uh, So. I got the ones that went behind my ear. But first of all, uh, they're going to fit you with, you know, a demo uh, at Costco. Okay, they're going to set it up just like it would be the pair that you buy. And what they want you to do is walk around the store at Costco for an hour or two, however you want to do it and uh, try out the different hearing
0: aids i mean you could okay. shop while you're getting fitted for your hearing aids right
1: and they had they, they were giving out free the, the samples <laughs> so you can have your lunch you have free lunch on costco and walk around the store okay so <laughs> all okay. right the first thing i noticed was the, the air conditioning and heating system in the store going on and off okay okay I noticed that. and then i noticed the sound of the wheels on the buggy, on the buggies. Not they were not making squeezing, squeaking noises, but I could hear them actually turn. You know, and Dear. so uh, that was uh, that was definitely a, a different, a, a difference, an improvement. Yeah. Okay. So. Um,
0: More sound than you ever wanted, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you can control the volume of them, of course, and you control control the mode, like whether you're in a crowd or or not. <laughs> Now, when you buy a hearing aid from them, it's guaranteed for, I believe, two and a half. Well, they, they estimate the longevity of a hearing aid to be five years. Okay. Five or six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they're guaranteed for, like, two and a half. And you can come back as many times as you want just to have them checked over. When I go to Costco for something else, I'll just walk over and they'll check them out and they'll put them on the computer, make sure everything's running good, and they always are. Uh, I, I bought the... $1,600 pair, and I asked him what the difference was and between that and the $2,500 pair, and he said, Well, the manufacturer might tell you the difference, but to be honest we we can't tell the difference. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, they want their name, <clears throat> they want the Costco name on their hearing aid because of the volume that they're selling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the, the doctor's office may sell a few. A month and Costco is selling they had three audiologists there at this and I went to the small Costco by me so I'm sure the Costco over the, the really big one the new one I'm sure it has more people working there in the a department
0: and we're talking yeah. about this as a nationwide thing with them oh yeah okay oh,
1: yeah they, they, they said they they do this at every store and it's oh. big it's it's, wow. it's it's big because' for sort the of, I did ask them about the rechargeable hearing aid and the batteries. Okay, and they said they do, if you want that, it was like 100 or $150 more. And it seemed like to me the batteries would last like for a year, year and a half. And then when you bought those replacement batteries, they were like $100 150 It was pretty expensive. Uh, so you can buy 48 hearing aid batteries. Uh, for at Costco, they come in a pack of forty-eight, and it's eight dollars. Oh. so I think it's like thirty something cents a a battery or something. When your batteries are getting low, it beeps at you, but it don't give you, it don't give you too many warnings. I'll say that. Is that when you get when you hear that beeping, you need to be changing them. I I, I even if I hear beeping and only one, you automatically change both of them at the same time. Uh, um never confused about it they'll give you a hard case and a soft case and a little cleaning brush for them Um, now they have other accessories you can buy for them the one accessory that i would recommend and it's 50 bucks is uh they have a little box and you put it in there each the hearing aids in there each night you snap open the battery thing so it doesn't drain the battery put them in there and push the button and it sterilizes your hearing aids each night uh, by using ultras, the ultraviolet uh, mm-hmm. sound to do that. Mm-hmm. And So that's good. The uh, only problem I ever had was uh, I stuck one in one day and I wasn't hearing very really good out of it and I looked uh, at the, uh, the part that went in my ear has a little metal piece that plugs into it sort of like uh, on a computer you know how you plug in accessories to your computer okay Mm -hmm. and i realized it wasn't plugged in all the way and i just pushed it in a little tighter and it obviously worked fine uh... they will match what they do is they look at your skin tone and they'll match the uh... hearing aids to the color of your skin Mm -hmm. So the, the, the behind the ear ones is that yeah oh yeah okay. yeah yeah all of them okay so it doesn't matter so it, it, it's, unless somebody is looking really close they're not even gonna you know my hair is down to my top of my ear anyways and so uh and people said they didn't even realize that i had them uh and so i looked really really close or, or whatever mm-hmm. but it's yeah. It's it's definitely helped me uh, a lot. Uh, like I said, when I go to the men's group at church, obviously i can hear what things are being said now. And uh, <laughs> whether you also, want to hear it or not, right? Yeah, whether you want to hear it or not. And then also, uh, you know, like I told you, people whisper. Well, my mother was in the hospital last year, and we were whispering. We were out in the hall whispering. And that's when I really realized I needed them. <laughs> I couldn't understand what my brothers and sisters were saying to me. But uh, obviously now I can hear all that now. Uh, I'll, you know, I take the dogs for a walk. You will notice things. You'll notice the birds, all the birds and crickets and everything else, too. And you'll hear a car coming along before it's there, too. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, so uh, I was... Like I said, the, the people that are, have the same training as the people in the doctor's office, same license, same test, same hearing aid. I recently had a Lyft driver pick me up who sold, um, he used to sell wholesale eyeglasses and frames and lenses. And, and, you know, he told me that Costco was selling eyeglasses cheaper and he could buy them wholesale. So, uh, you know it's the sheer volume uh of stuff uh, you know Costco is very highly rated uh, and they're doing well, you know they're still opening new stores.
0: What if I mean, I've known people that will get hearing aids and then they have to go back and get them adjusted ever so often I mean. They may have them for a short period of time. They need it to be adjusted when they first get them. Or there, something may happen, and they may need to go and get them um, adjusted at any given time. I don't think there's, I don't think, at least my perception is, that there's not a time that you achieve the status with a hearing aid that that it is static. In other words, that now it's perfect, and it's going to stay just like I want it. it how is that kind of service? Can you, if you get up tomorrow morning and for some reason you need that hearing aid adjusted, can you go get that done or do you have to have an appointment and wait well, for Well, first of a all, uh, uh,
1: that, that's not true. When they write down all their calculations and they send it in to get the hearing aid made, mm-hmm. uh, they know exactly what it's going to be based on the test. Okay. So like I said, there several tests they're going to give you. It's not just. Can you hear this or not? You know, mm-hmm. whatever. like I said, you're repeating words back to him. You're repeating sentences back to him. Yes. Also, he's doing a test on your ear canal too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, uh, one thing. Uh, also, he's doing uh, some other kind of t- on your bones. There's a, something right that you put on around your head that you on your bones. Mm-hmm. So what happens is when the hearing aid comes in? Then that that appointment is pretty long. Because he's wanting to make sure that they did everything right, Uh, and I want to say it's an hour uh, when the 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 fitting the fitting they want to make sure everything is completely set right. Then they have a follow up appointment in two weeks. So in two weeks you're going to come back and you're going to report to them. Well, you can come back sooner, obviously. But they want you back in two weeks to see if there's anything else that needs to be adjusted. They want your feedback, too, how you're doing on the different modes. Are you using the different modes, or are you just leaving it in automatic, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, I told them that I only use different two modes, and they said that's what they found. They said even the people that buy here hearing aid has got five or six modes, they rarely use over two to three different uh-huh. modes. Uh-huh. Okay, now, you can go back any time, you're right. Like I told you, if I'm to go to Costco shopping, I just go there and tell them, pop it in the computer, see if everything's great. Right. And they, ask, they always ask you if you have any problems. But after that, after um, the initial fitting, and after I went back the second in two weeks, I've never had anything done to it. You know, uh, everything else is fine. Uh, I've never, you know, and if you bend something, uh, oh, one time I did do that, okay, I I was in a hurry, and I put the battery in backwards, and (laughs) I bent the little thing that held the thing, what it did was it didn't let the connection click real good, so, uh, it did not, uh, that hearing aid did not work, but as soon as I took it in, I mean, he had it fixed in five minutes, Mm -hmm. it was free, Mm -hmm. okay, Uh, so, uh, yeah, when you bring it back and have it checked, uh, you know, for like two and a half years, whatever it is, all that's free, okay? It's included, it's included, okay, uh, and and stuff, and then, but I will tell you, you know, you know, these batteries are going to last based on how long you're wearing them each day, and whether you're in a noisy environment, or whether you're just, you know, around the house. Mm-hmm. you're going to know pretty much how long the batteries are going to last for you. Mm-hmm. For me, a batteries last about five days. Now, I realize that the little part goes in first on the batteries. I've never had a problem since then. Uh, that was only when I first got them and mm-hmm. stuff. But, uh, uh, I mean, if I change the batteries, it only takes me like 30 seconds to change the batteries mm-hmm. and uh, pop them back in. And in, in about 10 seconds, you'll hear it start beeping going through its cycle. And, and stuff, but you can adjust a lot of things with the app on the phone. You can do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, you know, you can control where the microphone is picking up. You can control uh, the loudness. You can control the bass and the treble. You can, but I don't, I don't mess with all that. You know, you're you kind of opening up a can of worms there when you do all that. I leave it in automatic most of the time. If I'm in a restaurant and it's really noisy, I will change it. Now, I think at the alumni, in fact, I did change it during the banquet or about right before the banquet or something to the noise cancellation thing, and it did work. You could tell there was a difference because yeah. it was was blocking out the background noise and picking up the noise closer to you. You know, Like I said, they've got... Some that have got settings like if you're in a movie theater and, and, and stuff too. The same hearing aids are being sold. It's just the volume that Costco can sell nationwide. These hearing aid companies want to be able to advertise that hey, you can buy our hearing aid top of the line at Costco.
0: In summary, you have found that <laughs> a most unlikely source. I mean, from well, you know, when I think of Costco, I'm going there for. Um, I, I haven't. I haven't ever been to a Costco, but I think of Costco as you know that's where I'm going to find my peanut butter on sale, or my clothes on sale, <laughs> or my shoes at a at a discounted price. I sure wouldn't think of Costco for gla- prescription glasses and hearing aids. This but this is a very interesting thing. And and then when you first mentioned it at alumni, I'm thinking I'm sitting there thinking, oh, um, well, I'm sure they're not as good. And so it's you know it's a whole. It's a very interesting concept to me, and um, so you know I appreciate you spending the time to share your experiences with us. And um, uh, you know it might be something that that people are really interested in investigating. Um, The the Medicare isn't covering hearing aids, and so to spend fifty-eight hundred, yeah, six thousand dollars for hearing aids is a lot, you know.
1: To to my knowledge, to their knowledge, uh, no insurance covers hearing aids, Mm -hmm. to my knowledge. Mm -hmm. But if you're an employee at Costco, get top-of-the-line free.
0: Oh wow! <laughs> Go out and get a job at Costco in that case.
1: <laughs> That's true. You know, my, well, my son had a little experiment with a fire with a firecrackers one time or something. Uh-huh. I think he uh, he he needs one in one year. That's why I was we found that out. <laughs> so, well, but, uh, you know, from uh, what is it from uh, from uh, you know homemade pastries to Mm -hmm. caskets you can buy 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 it at Costco right (laughs) you can buy it at Costco but you know when I think about Costco I I think of a family that's what you think about when you when you're at Costco because you know if you're live by yourself it's it's silly Mm -hmm. to go to Costco buy a case of something you know yeah but uh uh for a family it's ideal Mm -hmm. uh you you, when you every time I'm in Costco it's like you, you believe the apocalypse is coming soon, the way people are shopping. Like, like you know, do they know something here they're, they're storing up, you know? <laughs>
0: something you've right missed here. out on, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right, mm. right. Thank you. Well, it, well
0: uh, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to you. talk to us about it and tell us about the your experience. And it sounds like a really great alternative um, for... Uh, for people who are either looking for, you know, for their first hearing aid or getting, having to get a new hearing aid and being very skeptical, having a hard time in spending that, you know, five thousand, six thousand dollars for a new pair of hearing aids. So uh, yeah. appreciate it very much, Daryl, and uh, glad yeah. you could be with us today. Thank you.
1: Hey, glad, glad to help you. Page three.
3: We have uh, two guests. Uh, first of all, will introduce Dr. Sotal. We've met Dr. Sotal. He's the acting chair of the Department of mm-hmm. Uh Our speaker tonight is Dr. Marie McCall. Uh, I got the idea to, to invite her when Dr. Kaplan was here way back uh, at the end of October, early November. Uh, I chased him out in the parking lot to, to get his idea for future speakers. I figured the department there must have 15 or 20 other people, and uh, that would uh, take care of (coughs) 40 weeks of uh, meetings. Dr. McCollum is a a native of Washington, D.C. She went to high school in Washington, D.C. She's a graduate of the University of Maryland, and she got her PhD from the State University of New York at Albany. Uh, She did some postdoctoral work at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. And I think she's been here for, I guess, 20 years or so. She's going to talk uh, about a topic that is radically about, about the, the I- so IRA. Standard.
4: Thank you very much for inviting me. It's really nice, and dinner was delicious. I want to thank uh, Dr. Kaplan for giving me a shout out so that you guys did invite me. Um, and so I'm going to be talking about some work that I started with Dr. Kaplan, and then I have been continuing. Uh, Independently, uh, over the last four or five years, and so I know that he came and he talked to you about retinitis pigmentosa uh, about six months ago, and so I'm going to talk about the same disease, uh, and that's a disease of the the rod photoreceptors, and I'm going to tell you about some exciting experiments um, that we have that we're literally in the process of doing. Um, where we're having an, an amazing impact on the degeneration of the rods in an in, in a, in a animal model of RP um, And uh, I keep pinching myself because the results are so amazing. So I'm really excited about this and um, then I hope that I hope I'll show you and explain to you why it's exciting. So I'm, I'm going to try to keep this uh, relatively uh, short and informal. It, please wave at me if I start to talk about something that I haven't explained very well. Um, or if you've got a, 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 an outlandish question, because frequently really good ideas for experiments come from outlandish questions. Um, and so I'm really in, you know interested in hearing if you have anything that you'd like to say. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about re- what retinitis pigmentosa is. I know that you mostly know about that. And then... Um, that that will entail what changes occur in the photoreceptors in in the RP retina. On the left is a is a is a image of the back of a normal person's eye. This is called a fundus image. Uh, we all get the we all get this when uh, when we go to the optometrist or the ophthalmologist and they take that little thing and they look in the back of your eye, and they look at the health of the <coughs> retina, which uh, which is which is shown by. Um, how, how nice and intact the blood vessels are and, and how this beautiful spot that is called the macula uh, shows up and, and, and the optic nerve head where the ganglion cells, which are the, the cells that communicate with the rest of the brain, their, their fibers exit through this optic nerve head. So this is, this is a beautiful uh, picture of a, of a normal fundus and then over here this is a fundus in an in an individual that has has advanced retinitis pigmentosa so things that happen here are that the optic nerve head gets very pale as opposed to over here the blood vessels get very uh, narrow and constricted and then you see all this little this black pigmentary stuff that have this very odd name called bone spicules. And what, that, what they represent is that the retina has gotten really, really thin and a pigment uh, epithelium layer is now peeking through the retina. At the bottom is what, if we took a slice through the retina and then we turned it on its side and then we stained it, well that's interesting, Sorry. and then we stained it so the cell bodies were dark, um, this is what the, what the retina looks like up from the side. And it's a layered structure, Um, the outer outer part of the retina here, that's the very back of the retina, um, which is next to that pigment epithelium layer that I told you about. So these are where the rod and cone photoreceptors are found. The the, the somas of the cells, where they process all kinds of protein and and stuff like that are, are found in this layer, and then they have these specializations that are called outer segments. And the outer segments are really cool because they are chocked full of, uh, of a protein that interacts with light, and that interaction, that chemical interaction, then translates into an electrical signal that these neurons can use to communicate with the next neurons in the retina. So they, use, they, they, they generate an electrical signal, and that electrical signal is important for the transmission of information. And in my lab, we can measure those electrical potentials. And we can do that uh, at the level of the whole eye, which is what I'll talk about today. We can actually do that at the level of individual cells as well, but I won't talk about those, those, those experiments today. And then the rest of the retina is, is con- consists of, uh, of another layer of, of somas, and they communicate with, as I told you about, the retinal ganglion cells, which are shown down here at the bottom, and these are the cells that are the culmination of all of the processing in the retina and that and they they send a signal out to the rest of the brain and that's what establishes our ability to see to, to actually be able to perceive the environment almost all of the primary processing occurs in the retina and then it's shipped out and it lays down the foundation for the rest of vision and the rest of the uh, in the rest of the visual system so in retinitis pigmentosa what happens is we lose the rod photoreceptors first. And so this nice thick layer here is now reduced to this very very thin layer here. And and we lose a lot of the uh, and we lose a lot of the other uh, synaptic layers the synaptic layer gets really thin and the outer retina seems to stay relatively intact for a long time. So this is probably an individual that is about, oh, I'd say 60, 65 years of age, because the the layers of the of the of the other part of the retina are still intact. In very very advanced RP, then the layers stop to stop looking like layers because the cells are all looking for partners, and they can't find them, so they migrate around. But still, at this point, we still have these these uh, relatively normal layers. Okay, so how does that impact vision when we start to lose the rods? So the rods are important in terms of night vision, and they are important in terms of the peripheral vision. And so what happens in RP is that this visual scene turns into this for an RP patient that has lost all of their rods. But this is okay, because you can get along during the day with, the, with this, this small aperture of vision, and you can look around and create the visual scene. But the problem is that when the rods die, the cones become unhappy and the cones die. And there are lots of hi- hypotheses about why the cones don't survive in the absence of rods, but they don't. And then what happens in that case is you get a total loss of light perception and so what we want to do is we want to either prevent the cones from degenerating by giving them some kind of a therapy and Dr. Kaplan I think talked to you about that in the fall and so what I'm going to talk to you about is how do we prevent the rods from degenerating because if we prevent the rods from degenerating then the cones won't degenerate and so we'll have a much better uh, outcome than we would if we just uh, just saved the cones. <coughs> so this is a little schematic diagram that i drew up that shows the 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 layers of the retina and so here are the rods shown here in yellow and the cones are in this purple color And we have a light stimulus here that's coming in actually from the bottom and as i said there are these proteins that are found in the rods and the cones that interact with light and produce this signal that produces uh, the ability of the photoreceptors to connect to what we call bipolar cells, because they have two poles to them. And those bipolar cells then connect to those ganglion cells that I told you about. And then they have these axons that take the signal out through the rest to the rest of the brain. In RP, we start to lose those rods, and then the cone outer segments do- die off. And then we're left with probably cone somas, but they don't make a connection to the rest of the retina, and then that's when we have total blindness. So that's the problem that we're trying to fix. So the good news in terms of <clears throat> a gene therapy approach is that m- many of the retinitis pigmentosa patients have known mutations. And so that means that we can address those known mutations by trying to change the genetic makeup of the photoreceptors themselves. So about uh, 20 to 30 percent of the RP patients are, are what we call autosomal dominant. And what that means is they have one mutant copy of, of a gene and that mutant copy creates a problem for the photoreceptor itself and then that photoreceptors die. So that represents about one in 35,000 patients. So. Um, about 8.5% of the autosomal dominant RP arises from mutations in, in the rhodopsin gene. So the rhodopsin gene is that protein that I said that the rod uh, photoreceptors are chopped full of, their outer segments. And so what <coughs> happens is that when you have a mutation in the, in the rhodopsin gene, that frequently makes the rhodopsin gene toxic to the cell And then because of the toxicity, the cell starts to die. So I'm going to talk about one particular common rhodopsin mutation today. And this is the one that's most common in North America. And it's called a P23H um, mutation or a P23H retinopathy. And it's because there's a single change in one amino acid from proline to histidine. And that single change makes that protein toxic. And so the question is, can we change the fate of that mutant copy? So you've heard about gene therapy, I'm sure, in the, in the news. And the eye is a great place for gene therapy, and the, and the reason is that the eyes are right out there in front, they're really accessible, the mutation is in the eye itself. And so, and, and the other part of it is that the cornea and the lens and all of the ocular media are transparent. And so we can see what we're doing as we are doing these therapies. And the other thing that's an advantage is that the eye tends to be somewhat um, limited in terms of access uh, to the rest of the body. So if we put a gene into the, re- into the eye, the likelihood that that gene is going to go any place else in the body is very low and that means that <clears> the gene therapy has a high safety uh, uh, is more safe than if you're trying to administer something for example to the liver or the pancreas or the spleen, because they are all big parts of you know the uh, the internal organs of the body and, and, and have lots of access to each other and to the circulation so there are lots of advantages to using the eye and as a consequence Gene therapy in the eye is leading the way in terms of gene therapy generally. As we have better treatments, and we need to find patients earlier in order to make these treatments happen, so that they, so that the kids aren't losing their rod photoreceptors, um, this will become part of a newborn screening. That you know, what, so kids are screened for CF and for all kinds of other things. This will just be part of that screening. When when there's a when there's a, when there's a therapy for a, a mutation, then that thing that, that really kicks that onto onto that that screen. So, okay. thank you. Yeah. Oh, and I do want to I want to just say that the work was supported by the Kentucky Lions Eye Foundation Endowed Chair, which I hold. Thank you very much. Uh, and then Jewish Hospital Foundation for Excellence is funding the uh, the, the knockdown work. Uh, and then Foundation Fighting Blindness and the Research to Prevent Blindness also fund parts of this. So I really thank you for your attention and your questions. And you didn't fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes I give grand rounds and the and the, and the, and the residents are there, and, and not here, but in other places. And I look out and the residents are like this. Like, it's it's nice. And everybody has a, a smile on their face and they're engaged. We
3: were this. afraid you would give us a quiz. Uh, that's coming in the email. <laughs>
4: well, Dr. Paul, I want to thank you thank for Thank you your very much. I,
3: this was a, a good follow-up to Dr. Kaplan's presentation. Right. And uh, it was really interesting and, and uh, it shows, I think, the importance of your research and the importance of the foundation. I mean, uh, this wouldn't exist without the foundation. You wouldn't be here without the foundation. You might be in Madison, Wisconsin. or like something. You know, so, Maybe. so Madison, you know, Florida. 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 Florida.
0: So thank you for your presentation. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Page four, the Sound Prince Calendar. On April one, the Kentucky Talking Book Library will hold its open house and birthday celebration. KTBL will be 50 years old on Monday, April 1st. Make plans to visit the Talking Book Library's open house in Frankfurt and help them celebrate this special anniversary from 1230 to 2.30 p.m. For more information call KCB at 502-895-4598. If you need transportation from Louisville to the celebration, be sure to let us know and we will try to assist. Also on April 1, the Savvy Program Committee will meet at 7 p.m. Central Time on the conference number 669-900-6833 enter code 3572 On April 2, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have its monthly conference call meeting at 8 p.m. using the Zoom number this will be a business meeting and peer support group meeting. Individuals statewide experiencing low vision are encouraged to ask questions, share tips, and offer comments. The number is 669-900-6833 and the access code is three five seven two five nine five one nine three. On April 4th, the American Council of Blind Lions will have its April conference call Beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, this is a monthly meeting for blind lions from around the country. It's an excellent opportunity to share ideas about how to be involved in local clubs. 9 p.m. Eastern Time, call 712-432-3900 and enter code 796096. On April 5, there will be a GLCB roundabout with education and technology from 3.30 to 5, discussion time 5 to 6, Dinner, which will be pizza that evening, from 6 to 7, Games and Crafts until 9.30. For more information, call the Kentucky Council of the Blind at 502-895-4598. On April 6, KCB will hold a Crossroads training conference called Remember the Member from 10 a.m. until 6.30 p.m. The focus will be on member recruitment and retention 4 our chapters, the $25 registration includes continental breakfast, lunch, and dinner. A $50 per car stipend is available to attendees from outside the Louisville metro area to be held at United Crescent Hill Ministries on State Street in Louisville. For more information, contact KCB at 502-895-4598. On April 7, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold its committee meetings by telephone. Advocacy meets at 7 p.m. and Education, Activities and Technology at 8 p.m. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. On April 8, the ACB Next Generation Nationwide Conference Call will take place at 8.30 p.m. The Phone number is 669-900-6833, and the code is three five seven two five nine five one nine three. This is a special meeting for ACB members 40 years of age and under. On April 9, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVI, will have its regular monthly meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time. Patty Haas from the Evansville Association for the Blind will share information and offer items from their store for examination and purchase. The Social Committee will also finalize plans for the May Social at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. For more information, call 270-684-4418 or 270 686 8689. On April 9, the Savvy Board will meet at 7 p.m. Central Time on the Zoom line at six six nine nine zero zero six eight three three. 900 enter code 3572 On April 10, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its monthly meeting at 7 p.m. by phone. Call 605-475-4700 and enter code one five five six one nine. On April ten, the KCBPR Membership Committee will meet at eight p.m. Eastern Time. Dial six six nine nine zero zero six eight three three, and enter code three five seven two five nine five one nine three. On April eleven, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have its first support group meeting of the month from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at United Christian Hill Ministries in Louisville. For more information and to sign up, call KCB at 502-895-4598. On April 12, Savvy will hold a workshop called Ears for Eyes and MD Support from 10 a.m. until noon Central Time. Join us to learn about Ears for Eyes and MD support at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. Reservations are required. Call 270 684 4418 or 270 686 8689. On April 12, the GLCB quarterly meeting and elections will take place from 430 until 9 p.m. Join us for a full evening of activities beginning with the 4.30 registration, $6 per person. There will also be an auction as part of this event, beginning at 4.30. The cost is $6 per person, and that does include dinner. For more information, call 502-895-4598. On April 13, the Greater Lova Council of the Blind will hold its monthly board meeting at 11 a.m. by phone, The number is 605-475-6006, and the code is 294444. On April 13, Savvy will hold a bowling outing from 3.30 to 5.30 p.m. Central Time at the Diamond Lanes Midtown, 1901 Triplet Street in Owensboro. Register by calling 270-684-4418 by noon on April 12. Savvy will pay for rental of up to two lanes. If additional lanes are needed, the thirty-eight dollar per lane cost will be divided equally among participants. Everyone is responsible for shoe rental, two dollars and fifty cents, snacks, etc. April fourteen, KCB Next Generation Meeting, eight p.m. by phone. Regular monthly chapter meeting for visually impaired people forty and under in Kentucky. Dial six six nine nine zero zero six eight three three and enter code three five seven two five nine five one nine three. On April 14, ACB Families will hold its regular monthly meeting at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Participate from anywhere in the country by calling 712 and entering code seven nine six zero nine six. On April 15, the KCB Board will meet at 8 p.m. by phone dial 669 and enter code 3572595193 On April 19th, GLCB will have a roundabout with education, technology, and genealogy from 3.30 to 5 p.m., discussion time from 5 to 6, dinner 6 to 7, $6 per person, uh, a bargain table from 7 to 7.30, and bingo from 7.30 until 9.30. Bingo is $2 per person. Sign up by calling 502-895-4598. On April 20, there's an Easter holiday open house from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the American Printing House Museum. Visitors can write their names in braille, see a book from Helen Keller's library, learn about guide dogs, Play games and read books designed for children who are blind, and enjoy many other activities. Easter treats and lemonade will be served for all ages. Call the APH Museum at 502-899-2213 for more information. On April 21, the KSB Alumni Board will meet at 8 p.m. Eastern Time by conference call. Dial 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. On April 22, Guide Dog users of Kentuckyana will have a membership meeting at 7 p.m. by phone. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. Also on April 22, the Savvy Budget Committee will meet at 8 p.m. Central Time at 669-900-6833. Enter code 3572-595-193. On April 24, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will hold its April Peer Support Group meeting from 12 to 2 p.m. at the BCB office, 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. RSVP or for information, call 859-259-1834. April 26 will be a Savvy Workshop, Android Phone Accessibility and App Sharing from 10 a.m. to noon Central. Learn about Android accessibility and some popular apps at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church in Owensboro. For more information, call 270-684-4418 or 270-686-8689. April 27, The Old Ball Game, from 1 to 3 p.m. Can athletes who are blind play baseball? Of course they can in the adaptive version of America's favorite pastime called Beep Ball. Whether in the batter's box or in the field, athletes rely on their auditory sense to focus on the beeping ball and the buzzing bases. The first documented game of baseball was played at the Kentucky School for the Blind in 1894. 125 years later, we're showing you how it's played now. At the American Printing House for the Blind Museum in Louisville, call 502 899 2213 For more information, on Saturday, May 4, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will host its annual derby party from 10 a.m. until 7.30 p.m. Food and fun and games all day long. More details coming soon. July 5 to July 12 is the 58th annual ACB Conference and Convention in Rochester, New York. Members of the Kentucky Council of the Blind are eligible to receive a stipend of up to seven nights hotel stay based on double occupancy at the convention. For more information, call 502-895-4598. And the 2019 reunion of the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Association will be Friday, July 26 and Saturday, July 27 at the Ramada Inn, 1041 Zorn Avenue in Louisville. More information will be available on SoundPrints soon. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org.